1: So, no, you can't make those kinds of comparisons, Barack Obama. And I have to tell you, what you did is just despicable. It's beneath contempt. And um, and whatever respect I had for you, I have absolutely lost. Fortunately, so have many other Americans uh, lost respect for you. And I'm hoping that you have no influence on the current administration, future Democratic administrations, and that your lack of morality ends up in the in the dustbin of history where where it belongs and so I'm ashamed that I was your friend. I'm ashamed that I invited you to my birthday party. I'm ashamed that I accepted your invitation to the Oval Office. And I'm ashamed that I allowed you to fool me into thinking that you actually uh, supported Israel. You do not. Nobody who has any love for Israel in their heart would ever make the kind of uh, obscene, obnoxious comparison you made between murder, rape, Kidnapping, burning of, of of civilians, and and a disputed occupation that could have ended over and over again, if the Palestinians had only uh, accepted the deals offered by President Clinton, and by others in the American administration. Not by you. You didn't do anything to help the peace process, but Clinton did, and and Trump did, and and others did, but not you. Um, all you did was condemn Israel and allow Israel to be condemned at the United Nations. So um, don't count me as a a friend or supporter or admirer. I was, and I got fooled, fooled once, shame on you, fooled twice, shame on me. I'll never, ever be fooled or misled again by, by Barack Obama.
2: Wow, Alan Dershowitz just unloading on the Dear Leader Barack Hussein Obama, you know a little bit, I'm sure, about Alan Dershowitz's uh, political leanings. He's a Democrat, but he now sees the, the light. He sees the truth about Barack Obama. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show, the final show of this work week. Can you believe it? You can get to the live video stream of this show every weekday morning at 11 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States. Just go to TrumpetDaily.com or to our Rumble channel, Rumble.com forward slash TrumpetDaily. If you go to Rumble, give us the thumbs up and join in on the conversation if you like. Leave us a comment down below. Our uh, email address, trumpet.com. We have a lot To get to on today's show. Uh, As I was saying to my doctrines class earlier today, you look at so many scriptures, we'll go through them here in just a second, that uh, point out how that the world is just blinded, blind to the truth, groping in the dark, as it says in Isaiah 59. And uh, it's nice from time to time to see one who has had his eyes opened to the truth. And, of course, more and more people are seeing this about Barack Obama, his hatred for the Jews and his hatred for America. And we've, that's been a real theme even just this week with our many programs. Let me just play one more snippet from uh, Alan Dershowitz. I think this is uh, from his podcast, Clip uh, 2. Don't
1: count on me and my support. Um, uh, you, you have been an enemy to justice, an enemy to Israel, an enemy to the Jewish people, and an enemy to decency. And I'm embarrassed that I ever thought it as highly as you as I obviously did. I was fooled by you. I'll never be fooled again.
2: Good for him. Good for him to speak so candidly about something so close to him. I'm obviously, he's a Jew, uh, but he was also very, very close to Barack Obama. And uh, like I was pointing out in my class this morning, you you know, having, well, for one, we have the scriptures. You, you think about the insights that God gives to us on this program or at thetrumpet.com. It's because of such basic scriptures. I'll run through in just a second. But also added to that, I mean, the history, what we've lived through with the, the widespread or the, the great falling away from the truth that so many of us witnessed in this seventh and final era of God's church. Most of God's people, people that understood the truth. I'm talking about (laughs) the truth of the Bible now. True Christians, they understood the truth. They understood God's purpose and plan. They understood the truth of the true gospel and all that it encompasses. And yet look at how quickly, quickly they turned away from that truth. And now they're just living in darkness like so many others. So when we talk about America being under attack, when we look at what's happening to our nations, when we look at how quickly, for example, people can see what happened on October 7 and then just kind of uh, move along, move on to the uh, the next news cycle and just forget. Forget about the world that we're living in. Why is this world the way it is? Why did an entire church era turn away from God's truth when they understood the truth about God's plan of salvation? Well, those basic scriptures. Look at 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. It says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. That's speaking of our adversary, the devil, Satan the devil, the God of this world. He's blinded the minds of men. People, when they talk about a devil, if they even believe in one, it's usually a punchline or a joke of some kind. Little kids even dress up. as a a devil for Halloween. But do they understand the truth about Lucifer and what happened to him? You can read Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. All of that training right at the throne room of God, Lucifer anyway. And then God stationed him or assigned him to this earth along with a third of the angels. And this was to be a launching pad for Lucifer and the rest of the angels to go out into the universe. Why is it out there? What's it for? Well, if you understand the lead up to the creation of man, and that's certainly, that's certainly a crucial uh, element to this story, Lucifer and the angels, the angelic creation. I was discussing the true gospel message this morning in class, as I say, and Mr. Armstrong, Herbert Armstrong, made the point in The Incredible Human Potential that really understanding the truth about the gospel requires an understanding about, uh, a basic understanding about pretty much everything. (laughs) It it encompasses everything, the whole purpose and plan of God. We haven't mentioned that book in quite a while, The Incredible Human Potential. If you haven't uh, received a copy of that one, it's one of more than 100 uh, books and booklets that we have in our library. But if you don't have a copy of that, make sure that you call our operators there. You can see the 800 number on on your screen, 1-866-930-3024. Another passage. This is in the same book. I gave you 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4 over in chapter 11. It says, verse 13, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. They're pretending to be ministers of Christ. Paul encountered this in the first century. Is this true today? Are there actually false teachers or false apostles out there deceiving people? Could that be be true? Verse 14, it says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Look at the reaction. Not just in this country, but all over the world when Barack Obama, we just passed the, the 15-year anniversary of Barack Obama being voted in as uh, the 44th president of the United States back in 2008. And I mean, Ed, nobody vetted him. Nobody cared about his, his, his very, <laughs> very despicable associations. Nobody thought, you know, Jeremiah Wright or Frank Marshall Davis or the Jew hater at Columbia or Bill Ayers, the domestic terrorist. Nobody thought those were troubling associations. They just said, hey, this is going to heal the breach between the races. It's going to bring the races together. That's what we heard. He's going to be pro-Israel. He's going to have a domestic policy that that really brings peace to the world. Well, look at what we now know. He came as an angel of light. He even to this day, he sounds like a perfect angel. He very, in a scholarly, slow, lots of pauses, but in a scholarly way or a smooth sounding way says, you know what, we're we're all complicit. And uh, yes, uh, what happened on October 7 was horrific, but uh, so is the Israeli occupation. He said that just recently. And Dershowitz essentially says, I, I can't forgive him for that. I can't believe I was fooled. I can't believe I was fooled by the angel of light. Verse uh, 15 says, therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. It's, it's not, we shouldn't be surprised by the fact that some, that some very evil, rebellious, lawless people present themselves as if they're holy and righteous and good. Happens all the time. If it happened in Paul's day, let's just just take it a step further as we draw closer to the end of this age and everything your Bible says about what it's to be like immediately before Jesus Christ returns to this earth. It's going to get worse and worse, 2 Timothy 3. So you can put all that together and see that the, the level of deception, I mean, it's off the charts. There are angels of light everywhere pretending to be righteous when they're carrying out just abominable, despicable acts of evil. Romans 1 and verse 25, it says, who changed the truth of God into a lie. There's people out there, whether you look at it on the spiritual level with what's happened in God's church or whether you look at it on the national level, There are people out there changing the truth of God into a lie. Now, you add to that the fact that God obviously sees this and allows it all to happen. People, even in the world of traditional Christianity, they can't really explain why there's so much evil. They can ask questions. Okay, Hamas goes into southern Israel and butchers 1,400 Israelis. Why would God allow that to happen? Why, would, why are these evil acts just becoming so commonplace? Well, it goes back to the beginning of human civilization and Adam and Eve rebelling against their maker, just like Lucifer did before that. And then God intervened to cut mankind off from the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of obedience and the spirit of love the spirit of God's love. Mankind hasn't had that except for the few that God has called out of this world to be trained, to be prepared so that they, together with Christ, our future husband, so that we can teach and train and actually rule the world with a rod of iron, God's rod of iron, His holy law, the Ten Commandments, That's why we're here. That's what we're training for. But if you look at Isaiah 29, just a few more verses before we blaze through a lot of news items to get to today. Isaiah 29.10 says, For the Eternal has poured out upon you the, the spirit of deep sleep and has closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, has He covered. This is what happens when we reject God. He pours out the spirit of deep sleep. In the case of the Laodicean rebellion in 2 Thessalonians 2, it says God sent strong delusion to test, to test His people to see if they really would hold fast to the truth or if they'd just let it go and then proceed along in total darkness. There's other verses here that you could go through. But look, good for Dershowitz for waking up to the fact that Barack Obama hates Israel He was fooled for years on that point. Now he sees the light. Think about a time. You can read the rest of that passage in Isaiah 29. It goes right into the millennial vision when God is going to lift the scales off of all of our eyes and everyone's going to come to a knowledge of the truth. And finally, because of God's government being in place, finally, there will be peace and prosperity. We won't have to open up the news sites and read about all of these atrocities. There's more protests coming tomorrow in support of Hamas, of all things. Douglas Murray, we've played a few clips from him in recent days. He, uh, he made his way over. He, he's based in the UK, I believe. He made his way over to, uh, to southern Israel. He wanted to see a firsthand account himself. uh, That clip we played for you, the exchange with Piers Morgan, he was there in the south of Israel at the time of it. Here's what he wrote in the New York Post uh, just today. It says, it is the nature of the news cycle that huge things get passed over, but what happened just over a month ago in Israel should not be passed over. The scale and catastrophe of what happened is still becoming clear Yet the world seems to have moved on. How could this be? How could the world just kind of move on from this? Israel's 9 11, that's what we titled our documentary. A 9 11 type catastrophe, and a month after, we're just kind of moving on. In fact, it's worse than that. There's intense pressure coming from the world, Western world, and the White House too, Joe Bama for Israel to not defend itself, for Israel uh, not to wipe out Hamas. There there were scenes I saw earlier today on social media, Hamas gunning down their own people. They were actually trying to head south, as Israel has warned them to do. Look, we're going to go into Gaza City. We're going to take out this infrastructure, this terrorist infrastructure. And so some of the civilians are fleeing, They are heading south, and Hamas won't let them go. Can you believe that? Hamas, they are trapped in an open-air prison, but it's not because of the Israelis. It's because of their own corrupt rulers. It's because of these barbarians that run the strip, the same ones that beheaded babies, burned them alive, and gang-raped women. Just a little over a month ago. Should we just move on from that? Should we move along to the next news cycle? Murray says here, already the international media are focused not on the atrocities Hamas committed against Israel, but on the response of Israel to the terrorists of Hamas. They just throw out all of these casualty figures. Well, let's just just play along with the uh, Gaza Health Ministry. Supposing they're There are 10,000 casualties. Well, what if those 10,000 are Hamas fighters? Isn't that the aim here for Israel, given what happened on October 7? All right, we're going to go into the dungeons, into the tunnels. We're going to wipe out this network. It says here, but few could have imagined the sheer human hate and evil that came down on their community one Saturday morning last month. It says, Near Oz is or was a community of 400 people. Today it's a ghost town. Within sight of the Gaza border, the terrorists came in from four different entrances on October 7 and went from house to house. Little community of just 400 people and it's totally decimated. It's gone. Civilians, men, women, children, Little infants? Listen to Douglas Murray on uh, Fox News the other day. This is clip 11.
3: But I think there is a huge uh, a just amazement around the world, which I share, that there has been so little sympathy for the people of Israel who suffered this atrocity, you know, I was in—I went to Times Square the day after the massacre, right in the heart of New York, and there was a, there was a protest happening right there, uh, of people flying flags and, and waving banners, celebrating the massacres of the day before. And these people, of course, say as some of the people that we can see on the screen say at the moment, "Oh, we're just pro-Palestinian." No, they are not. These people were protesting against Israel just after 1,400 Israelis were massacred, before most of the bodies had been found, or before the whole atrocity had been uncovered. They were already on the streets of New York. And I have said, repeating, and this bears, bears saying again, no other group would put up with this or should put up with this. No group should put up, after a massacre of their people, with students across campuses hounding not the perpetrators but the victims hounding people who look like the victims who are related to the victims having mass protests to attack the people who are the victims only with the case of israel and the jewish people does this occur
2: it's nowhere else in the world so little sympathy for the victims here what does that tell you about the spread of jew hatred the the response in so many ways, reveals more than the attack itself, the invasion itself on October 7. Because it shows the spirit of hatred that just permeates the air. You go back to the devil who's blinded this world. Ephesians 2.2 also says that he's the prince of the power of the air. Where do these demonic ideas and reactions come from? How do you witness October 7 and then take to the streets in support of the butchers? Not the victims, the butchers. Listen to Bibi uh, Netanyahu on Fox News yesterday, clip nine.
1: So when you hear from the river to the sea, what do you think? One. And two, are you surprised by all the pushback, not just in the United States with these protests, but around the world?
0: From the river to the sea means there's no Israel. From the Jordan River to the Mediterranean, which is a tiny area, by the way, uh, that encompasses Israel, there is no Israel. And so what uh, this congresswoman is calling for is policide and genocide, the elimination of the Jewish state, the one and only Jewish state of the Jewish people. So that's that's absurd, and I salute the congress for censoring her. But it's beyond that. I think the protests that you're seeing, uh, I'm sure it includes some naive people, but there are a lot of people who know exactly what they're saying.
2: They know exactly what they're out there supporting. I think of the the Doug Murray clip we played the other day, the one with Piers, where he said, okay, maybe maybe there's some naive ones that go out there on the first Saturday protest, but how do you explain that they keep coming out for the second, then the third, then the fourth, when they've got people all around them chanting, from the river to the sea, just wipe it out. Get rid of the Jewish state entirely. This is what the Palestinian leadership wants. They don't want a two-state solution. They want a one-state solution that rids their neighborhood of the Jews entirely. This is uh, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, again, from yesterday, clip 10.
0: Can our world survive if people go and, with such moral confusion and, in fact, uh, moral depravity, support these killers, these murderers, and I you know, I, I think it's very important that, uh, that this was censured. And I'll tell you something. This is an indictment of, uh, uh, I suppose, of higher education in many places in the West when people who are supposedly educated cannot distinguish right from wrong and good from evil. Hamas is evil. Hamas is evil and we have to defeat evil, not protest and demonstrate on behalf of evil.
2: This is a, an indictment, he said there, of higher education. And before that, Notice he said, how can the world survive this? You know, Herbert Armstrong used to talk about how the world around us is what education produces. So if these protesters, so many of them young people, I mean, what does this mean for the world five, 10, 20 years from now? This was from the New York Post. Disturbing videos have emerged of pro-Palestinian students violently mobbing a Jewish student uh, group attempting to raise awareness for the 239 hostages currently held by Hamas at Canada's Concordia University. This is what's happening. We know about London. We've seen what's happened in, in New York City. Some brutal protests just yesterday in New York City. Here's Canada, a mob uh, a mob of pro-Palestinian students, some wearing keffias, <coughs> can be seen swarming the pro-Israel student group, ripping down posters of hostages, shoving students, and screaming profanities. This was going on in New York City as well. Just scre- and little children. Some, in some cases, little children screaming profanities at Jews. It says, a man can be, scre- can be seen screaming, go back to Poland at a Jewish student, and then this, it says, the group alleges the man is a University of Montreal professor, Yanni Sarab. Oh, okay, a good professor was out there as well. The professors and the students, you can go right down the list of all of these attacks against Jews just because they're Jews. It's all over the world. New York Post, again, it says, over October, 69 crimes targeting Jewish victims were reported, this is uh, in New York, compared to just 22 during the same month last year. How do you explain that? In the same month that you've got Israel's 9-11, you've got, it's tripled? The violent attacks against Jews? And then, listen, Listen to what passes for commentary on MSNBC. Clip 12. As you know, over the last decade, you know the, the, the people who've been
3: the, the biggest terrorists in America is coming from white supremacy. You never hear any of them talking about, oh, I'm going to white, I'm going to r- wipe out white, you know, white supremacy in this country. You never hear them say, i mean, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take out, we're going to smoke white supremacy out of this country. In the same way they talk about um, uh, terrorism
2: in other places. I wonder why that is. What a sick and, and despicable angle to take on the Israel-Gaza conflict. Israel vowing to go in there and to wipe out Hamas. And then this guy's take. This, here's his hot take. Well, white supremacy is the big threat in the United States. And why hasn't, why hasn't the government gone in, gone in and wiped them out? All these white, here are all these, Jew, these crimes against Jews, violent incidents against Jews happening right now. And they just can't help themselves. The regime media just has to go on and on about the whites who hate people of color. You know where a lot of that came from. It was certainly ramped up and intensified. It came from the dear leader, Barack Hussein Obama. Hate, as I've said... So much of his policy making, so much of his executive action, so much of his world view, it springs from a hatred for Jews and for America. And you see it in commentary just like what you heard. Here, you can't even, you can't even name the white supremacist incidents. The last 10 years, really, that's that we've got crime in our cities, our streets are just turning into slums. And he's going on and on about white supremacy. I suppose if he were to bring forward an example, he would immediately say, January 6th. Saw a video yesterday. One of these guys, he used to be a Bernie Sanders supporter. Then I I forget his name, but he's fairly well known in conservative circles. He became a Trump supporter, made the mistake of going to January 6th. Went inside the Capitol because the door was open. Went inside for 10 minutes. And then he was so harassed by the doj by the fbi they were going after him they want just just like they were going after this guy yesterday the three-day manhunt in uh, new jersey for what for pepper spraying in the direction of police officers They, they had a bigger manhunt for this guy than for the the mass murderer in maine how is that possible He he sprayed pepper spray during January 6th. So they've got all these. It's later on in my notes. Play the montage. I think it was number four, maybe.
1: Law enforcement, there's plenty of them behind us, too. The whole FBI team is here. We're going to walk with them. We're going to see what's going on. They're going in the back of the woods here. And um, let's see if I looks like there is uh, uh, something covered um so they're, uh, they're, they're going to go back there. Chapter 12 is above the scene, too, so um, we're not going to trespass and go on anyone's property. But you can see them going back into the woods we're there. really
4: patrolling the whole property, looking for the suspect. Yet to find that uh, suspect. And again, the FBI is asking that if you know anything about the location of Gregory Yetman, please call the FBI field office. in. And...
5: Officials say Yetman ran from his house, hopping a fence Wednesday morning when he was being served a warrant for his alleged participation in the storming of the Capitol. Behind that fence, train tracks, leading to a heavily wooded area that's been combed through all day.
3: The plan is for heightened police presence this evening. We have our command post at the Helmetta Community Center. The
4: urgent manhunt 40 miles outside New York City at this hour in Middlesex County, New Jersey, after a suspect wanted in the January 6th attack evaded authorities this was the scene in central new jersey today a massive police presence the fbi and swat teams called in
5: an all-out manhunt tonight in this small central new jersey town just 40 miles southwest of new york city after this man wanted in connection to the attack at the capitol on january 6 evaded arrest gregory yetman fleeing on foot into the wooded area near his home police searching from the sky and on the ground According to USA Today, Yetman is suspect number 278 AFO, wanted for assault of a federal officer, pictured at the Capitol in these photos on the FBI's website. In an interview earlier this year, Yetman indicated he was at the Capitol that day, but said he did nothing wrong. The FBI leading the multi-agency manhunt in the town of Helmeta. Officers in tactical gear looking in vehicles, teams moving through backyards, armed with long guns and canines. Right. Even though the sun has gone down, we can still see joint terrorism task force agents going door to door looking for Yetman. Tonight, authorities are urging residents to shelter in place. Street- Later on Wednesday night, the FBI spoke with people inside Yetman's home. Helmeta is less than a square mile long, and Doesn't even have a traffic light. Mayor Slavichak reassuring it's approximately 3,200 residents. Keep doors locked and stay vigilant.
2: A a multi-agency manhunt for this guy. Did he kill anybody? No. No, no. Says he didn't do anything wrong. But almost three years later, here comes the multi-agency task force. To I guess it broke just this morning that he turned himself in after the three-day hunt. But these, uh, look at the, and look at how the regime media is just hyperventilating. If law enforcement put that level of man hunting, if they put that level of energy and equipment and, and, and bodies into actual criminals who are murdering people, I think the United States would be a lot safer right now. I think our bigger cities would be a lot safer right now. As it is, they devote all of those resources to the guy who pepper sprayed at January 6th. A protest that got out of hand. And three years later, if you can believe it, three years later, a three-day manhunt covering perhaps the better part of New Jersey, judging by the the news coverage, that's the way it seemed. How, How do you... I mean, how, you go back to Dershowitz's comment, or, or rather, Bibi, how does this nation survive? How does this nation survive with that kind of priorities? Uh, Tucker Carlson had a, a really powerful segment that he released just last night, his interview with Douglas uh, Mackey. He's the one that posted a joke about Hillary Clinton Now he may be going to prison for 10 years. Listen to this, clip five. So let's get specific about what you
6: did, the crimes, the felonies that you committed on Twitter. Um, I want to put this up. You posted this on Twitter. This is a meme. It says, save time, avoid the line, vote from home. And it's got a picture of Hillary Clinton. Text Hillary to this number. Did you make this meme? No, I didn't. Oh, you you didn't create this? No. Where did it come from? I found it uh, on 4chan. Okay, so it was floating around the internet. Yeah, these kind of memes were floating all over the place. So we have to, and I want to play this, this is from Hillary Clinton. This is from this April, so long after you were indicted, uh, long after, it was after you went on trial. And this is Hillary Clinton describing that meme.
5: There was just a trial in Brooklyn where a guy who had been one of the main, I guess he was one of the main people running memes against me in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, He went from what you could consider free speech. I mean, both Nancy and I have pretty thick skins. People say all kinds of things about us. But he went from that to running a very deliberate effort to mislead people about where and how to vote. So it went from speech to action meant to subvert the election because thousands of people who they targeted through their algorithms oh i can text my vote for hillary
2: clinton she doesn't even know like tucker pointed out she doesn't even know what an algorithm means and in her defense i will say i don't know what it means either but this guy he cut and pasted something into his twitter feed that's what it amounts to a joke He ran memes against me, says Hillary Clinton. Notice, too, just how sensitive they are to tampering with an election. Even a joke, if it's misplaced, that can send you behind bars. I played for you the clip from uh, The View earlier this week, just yesterday. They still think it was stolen, 2016. But you protest the, the stolen election... Of 2020, and the protest goes awry, and you grab a can of pepper spray, spray it in the general direction of law enforcement, and you're going behind bars. They'll they'll send out a multi-agency task force to hunt you down, even with the dogs. Listen to Tucker when he talks with Douglas Mackey about the timing, the timing. Remember, it was in the lead up to 2016, this guy posts a meme, a joke, a joke. That's 2016, and now listen to when the, the authorities came after him, clip six.
6: When did you discover that you were considered a felon by the U.S. government?
4: Uh, well, I had eight to 10 law enforcement agents come and lock on my door at 7 a.m uh seven days after joe biden was inaugurated did you have any warning that this was coming no no warning so they took me to the courthouse and because it was covid there were some delays i just i was in a holding cell they take off your handcuffs and put you in leg irons Um, and then you just wait for your arraignment go for the judge even that i still don't know why I'm being arrested. They got a public defender on Zoom speaking for you. And then- uh, Wait, you're in leg irons and you have no idea why you were arrested. Yeah, exactly. And not, not until I got the, a copy of the criminal complaint did I know what was going on. At what point was that? After
2: the arraignment and they let you go. Dinesh D'Souza's got a documentary out called police state and uh, you can see where we're at we're, we're there as he I haven't seen that documentary yet but we are there they even went after the DOJ Barack Obama's deep state went after Dinesh D'Souza as he was trying to put together his documentary look at the way that this guy made a joke in 2016 he just carries on with his life that's what he did he made memes and then the authorities, Barack Obama's deep state, they don't go after him while Trump's in there. They wait four years and then just days after the fake president is inaugurated, they come raiding his house, seven in the morning. Yeah, they got to do it early. They got to do it when you're sleeping. They got to get you out of bed. And then if you, if you run, if you run out the back door, I mean, they will send a multitask force All different government agencies after you. And chances are there's going to be a helicopter with a cameraman up above to film it all. Because, you know, the FBI works right in tandem with the regime media. They love it. They love to see the cartoon guy and the pepper sprayer go behind bars. Meanwhile, our cities are just going up in flames. In some cases, literally. You've got homeless people drugged up, just roaming the streets, punching people randomly, all kinds of violence and looting and murder. But get the pepper sprayer and get the guy who joked about Hillary Clinton. His, you see, his intent, his intent was to interfere with the election when they lost I mean, it was election interference top to bottom. When they won, the election was perfect. And, of course, they didn't even win because it was election interference top to bottom. Listen again to this, uh, this segment from Tucker last night, clip seven. I knew that uh,
4: politicians could be vindictive and the federal government sometimes could be influenced by those politicians but and i know that they can sort of get very creative with federal statutes so if i was the enemy of their candidate then i thought maybe they could cook something up but this was an entire election cycle later that was the weird part but i knew that we had just had a uh, transition
6: of presidents so So seven days after Biden gets inaugurated, you get arrested for a tweet.
2: Four years earlier. Yeah. This all started with an article at The Huffington Post. This this left wing journalist, his name is Luke O'Brien. First, he doxed this Mackey guy, says, here's his address. Go harass him. He made fun of Hillary. He made fun of our side. And then after that, Obama's DOJ, they take it from there. It all goes back to the regime media working for the security state, as Tucker pointed out. They're all the same. They're all on the same side. Fifteen years in to Barack Hussein Obama's administration, four years as a shadow president, three years now as the puppet master, but fifteen years added together. Look at the damage. Look at the destruction. Look at the deceit. Dershowitz is waking up to it now. And so are a few others. And if you're not, if you're not yet quite convinced, this book will convince you. It will open your eyes to the truth. It's called America. Under attack. The eight hundred number one eight six six nine three zero three zero two four. One last clip from that Tucker uh, episode, clip eight. So really, y- unless I'm misinterpreting
6: what you're saying, you were convicted on the basis of what they claimed your intent was. That's exactly right. They could not find a single person who was harmed by this. They could find no actual effect of this so-called subversion of our democracy. You didn't actually subvert our democracy. There's no evidence that you did.
4: No. But they claimed that you wanted to. They claimed that I wanted to and that I agreed to enter into a conspiracy with other people. Were those people charged? Uh, One of them was. He cooperated. Cooperated? In what way? Uh, He testified at trial that we had a silent agreement. To subvert democracy? That's right. Did you? Well, I don't know how you can have a silent agreement with someone a thousand miles away over the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Had you ever met this
6: person?
2: No. I mean, in some ways it is laughable, but it's also just tragic and sad. If this man, hopefully there's a higher court somewhere, that can intervene. What a miscarriage of justice this is. And then to send everyone and their dog out to get a pepper sprayer. When you've got so many problems, so much evil, so much lawlessness, there's pictures of the next caravan that's coming up from Central America. It's coming up through Mexico. Another battalion. Another battalion of illegals. Another army. From Venezuela young men young single men and we're devoting all these resources to a pepper sprayer and a guy who made a joke what a joke this is from uh, this is from uh, Margaret Sullivan at the Guardian the public doesn't understand the risks of a Trump victory that's the media's fault you know what her point is in this article? We haven't gone after Trump enough. That's all they do. But they got to double down. I mean, 2024 is coming up. You, you think you've seen the worst of it? It says the poll, speaking of the Siena New York Times poll, that has Trump ahead in all the battleground states, or at least five of six, I think it was, The poll is only one snapshot and it has been criticized, but it still tells a cautionary tale, especially when paired with the certainty that Trump, if elected, will quick, if elected, listen to this, will quickly move toward making the United States an authoritarian regime. So they they know the intent here. They don't have any evidence that the jokester actually influenced the 2016 election, but they know he was trying to. Now, Trump, he might be duly elected. It might be that a majority of Americans want him in office, but we can't let that happen because he'll quickly turn to an authoritarian regime. That's what we're living under right now. That's why jokesters are going to prison and pepper sprayers and murderers, actual murderers, they're just roaming the streets. Imagine if we put the kind of resources we did to the three-day manhunt in New Jersey to actually eliminating Violence, gang violence, murder, mayhem, burning, looting. It says here add in Biden's low approval ratings despite his accomplishments, and you come to an unavoidable conclusion. The news media needs to do its job better. We need to attack Trump more. We need to make our attacks more effective. says, the press must get across to American citizens the crucial importance of this election and the dangers of a Trump win. They don't need to surrender their journalistic independence to do so or be in the tank for Biden or anyone else. That's, that's all they are. They're carrying water for Joe Obama. They're in the tank, have been since 2015. And now this woman, her hot take is that, hey, we've got to go after him even more. Bad orange man. Make sure everyone sees he's Hitler. So they say at the end, but you know, we can be objective while doing this. <laughs> oh, really? Listen to these, these people on CNN talking about the documents case. You know, the moving, the moving of boxes. That, that's uh, one of four indictments that they've gone after Trump with. Clip
4: three sources tell CNN the prosecutors may call several Mar-a-Lago employees to the stand, including a woodworker who installed crown molding in Trump's bedroom last year and noticed stacks of papers, a maid who cleaned Trump's suite and a plumber who's worked at the property for years. Also, a chauffeur who was asked about powerful business people, including foreigners who had visited the club as VIP guests.
6: Well, the other really important thing that they're not is cooperating witnesses. They're not criminals. Right. And so often as a prosecutor, That's how you make your case. You call a criminal to the stand. The defense will attack him. You defend him. Here, they're putting their case together, and you can really see the case taking shape using normal people. I mean, I would have loved to have a woodworker as a witness when I was trying cases. I mean, I never had that luxury. And so it looks like it's going to be a combination of these people who are on the inside. As long as you have eyes and ears, you can
2: see and hear things. You can be a witness. Wow, thanks for that, Einstein. As long as you have eyes and ears... And if you can see and hear things, you can be a witness. A lot of people with eyes and ears, as I recall, saw a lot of cheating going on in 2020. They were paraded before state legislatures. And what happened? What came of that? Nothing. Nothing. In fact, those that protested, the obvious cheating, they're the ones that Barack Obama's DOJ went after. Even in the case of the guy in New Jersey, almost three years after the protest, pepper sprayed someone or, or got it close to the, the law enforcement officers. There's the media there. Ex- this one. I mean, this this indictment has the teeth. OK, maybe the others aren't going to take, but it has the, they've got the plumber, they've got the woodworker and they have eyes and they have ears. And they saw Trump move some boxes. The resources that are put toward this, it is, it is police state tactics. And listen, we, we've been writing about that for years. For years. I'm sure Dinesh D'Souza's documentary is a fine production. From what I've heard, people have, have said it's powerful. But we've been talking about all of Obama, even going back to his first and second term when he he was uh, taking all of those executive actions and then the drone strikes and then he's got a pen and a phone and he was going around Congress. But so many people, they didn't see it. Their eyes were not opened to the truth about the dear leader. He came as an angel of light. And in fact, he was a minister of destruction he came as an angel of light, a smooth-sounding angel. This is why, like Jesus said in Matthew 7, you have to judge by the fruits. You have to look at what someone is doing. And really, if, if uh, again, you have to credit Dershowitz for <laughs> having the honesty to uh, admit that he, he got it wrong, that he was fooled. But if you scratch beneath the surface, even going back to 2009 to 2016, you look at what he was doing to empower Iran. You look at the JCPOA. You look at how Netanyahu had to leave through the service entrance next to the dumpsters when he left the White House. You knew. I mean, you knew coming into the White House that that man had him some serious hatred for Jews. A lot of people, though, were fooled. They were fooled. They didn't know the truth. They were blinded to the truth. And it's so easy to be blinded if you're fooled by smooth-sounding words. Or like it says over in the book of, of Daniel, flattery. He, li- like I've read this week, he likes to present himself as you know, sort of above the fray. He can see on the one hand atrocities on October 7, but on the other hand, look at what the Palestinians have had to live with for decades. Oh, really? You're going to make that obscene comparison, as Dershowitz said? You're really going to make that kind of an obscene comparison between the barbaric acts of October 7 and Israel supposedly occupying Gaza when they don't even occupy Gaza? It's not grounded in truth, is it? It's based in lies and deception. But look at how many people believe the lies. That uh, documentary—it's <laughs> taking on greater and greater importance, isn't it? We posted it what, just two and a half weeks ago, I think it is. It's at our Rumble channel. You don't have to—you still don't have to scroll down very far to get to. Israel's 9-11. It's about 70 minutes in length. It, it's well worth your time. It's definitely not for little children. But as Carolyn Glick tweeted out yesterday, it's an, it's an excellent documentary about what happened to the Jewish people, what happened to Israel, what happened to Israelis in those small Israeli towns and at that music festival on the morning of October 7. Take some opportunities or time this weekend, if you haven't seen it yet, to watch Israel's 9-11. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us, td at thetrumpet.com. If you're at the Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. Uh, Also, we have the replay at LFA TV at Rumble. And I think we have a special uh, showing tomorrow morning on LFA as well, just because we got preempted earlier this week. So that's all we have time for. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.